With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Germ Warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Germ Warfare at tntradio.live. It's my email address. And I'm sitting in a different location, as you can see, because, well, for the next couple of weeks, I am not going to be in my studio. It's that time of the year. Everybody's all over the place. And I am no different. I'm currently uh, in a different part of uh, how do I say this? Okay, I'm in a different part of the province uh, just until mid-January. Nevertheless, I'm here with you. And if you're watching, uh, hi, nice to virtually see you. It's always strange talking into the void, but I know that you are listening and watching. Drop me a message in the live chat. Say hi. Let me know where you are if you are around. I actually... I'm drinking Jack Daniels because it's that time of the year. I hope you don't judge me too much. It's, uh, it's afternoon where I am, <laughs> and it's almost it's almost the end of the year. And uh, for the next hour, you'll be with uh, me, Alex and Joel, and then of course an interesting guest I'm about to introduce. Alex, let's do this. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Giving you what you want. I want the fact. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Mr. Jeremy Beck. So, for those who don't know, you are the man behind setting up my show, essentially. You're my producer. Yeah, great to be on your show. <laughs> this is this is an experience, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, this and is great. I, I feel quite bad because I'm I'm having a, a Jack Daniels, but it's it's okay time wise for me but where you are it's some stupid hour uh look late at night <laughs> uh, i i should actually be joining you <laughs> uh because it's uh one in the morning and i guess it's time to have a drink in the, in the the wee small hours but uh yeah it's a it's a festive spirit at this time yeah. of the year and many people are doing a lot of drinking probably too much i would say but i, I don't mind a, a whiskey now and then <laughs> i tend to drink more of the the red wine a good shiraz or cabernet uh yeah and a merlot uh, some some great australian you're wines trying to, and you're trying to be all sophisticated aren't you <laughs> <laughs> and and i i know you have some great south african wines uh and yes. i'm i'm actually dying to taste one of your wines that there doesn't seem to be many on the shelves in australia i i haven't seen them although i must admit i haven't been looking out for them it's because it's because i think that there's a rivalry you know uh, when it comes to australia and south africa we're always competing i know i saw so i saw south african wines when i was in amsterdam recently it was actually the first wine that i saw <laughs> was was a was from a farm about 20 minutes away from where i live uh, that was the very first wine on the shelf that i saw in amsterdam but when i was in sydney i remember actually having to go specifically to a south african shop to find south african wine i i didn't see um our stuff there having said that though i think you can get a uh, free pass because australia has got some incredible beer Yes, I, I must say I, I do like a, a beer and I, I drink the Coopers, which is brewed in the bottle. And I have made some home brew. I haven't done it recently because it takes a bit of time and I've been so busy. But uh, 
home brew, I think, is fun making, and I think you end up getting a better drop. And beer ages well. Actually, if you drink a beer that's a year old, it tastes better than one that's just a few weeks after the brewing. Uh, and the Coopers have a best after date on the bottle uh, rather than the usual best before. Uh, so, yeah, sure, uh, beer, wine, let's bring it on. Uh, let's uh, enjoy the new year, have a few drinks, and hopefully next year will be a better year because we've gone through a horror of a year. Mm. I somehow think that it's going to be a big roller coaster ride, unfortunately, though. Uh, what do you make of 2023? It, it's been a, a bit of a shock all around in terms of the, the wars that we've seen. I think that has defined the year. We've, we've gone through this COVID era and it's still hanging around. Uh, the, the globalists couldn't get their agenda in total with the, the COVID. Too many people have smelt something bad and and understand that uh, we've been sold a sold a, a pile of garbage to put it mildly uh and and uh, now we've moved on to another crisis and, and it's one crisis after another yeah. it's just a rolling series of crises uh and i must say that this is not new COVID didn't start it uh you, you go back to 9 11 you know two decades ago and that was a, a real wake-up call for me, but I was on to these sorts of issues even before then. In the 1990s, I was thinking, well, you know, um, I think something big is going to happen. I think that they might use this, when I say they, the, the globalists, the, the oligarchs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the actors. Yeah, the actors. Uh, I, I think they, they might be trying to pull off something big with Y2K. And when that didn't happen, there was nothing, it was pretty much a bit of a flop. It was built out to be, you know, a major potential crisis and we all had to change over the computers, chips and all the rest. It was a big, <laughs> it was a big, uh, you know, exercise there to scare people <laughs> and, and not much happened. And I thought at the time, well, this oligarchy, they're not all powerful as I thought that they were at the time in the 1990s. Uh, they weren't able to pull off this big, crisis in, in Y2K and then came 9-11 and that was a big wake-up call and, and I I thought that they they would pull off something big and they did uh, and look we all know that uh, you can't have three buildings collapse the building seven with two planes uh, the, the official story just didn't wash and I'm an engineer and well my uh, training is in engineering, mechanical engineering. I'm a member of the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Uh, and I knew very early on that the official story was a pack of lies. Uh, and I've been questioning all these things all along since, as I say, since the 1990s. Uh, and this year, to answer your question, it has been a shocker. I mean, look at the Ukraine war, the the, the crisis in Gaza, Israel, uh, the, the Middle East crisis is potentially going to get much worse. It, it's it's just a worry where it may head. Uh, there are some glimmers of hope, though. I don't, I don't want to be all pessimistic. But as I said before, we, we look to the long arc of history and we've gone through some hideous times. Uh, I 
take an interest in family history and I look at some of my relatives who've gone through World War One and World War Two, and really what we're seeing now is it's quite horrid, but humanity's gone through some really horrid times. So I don't think it's really out of the ordinary, but it is nonetheless an extraordinary time. Uh, you mentioned 9-11 and you got me thinking now, what in your, how do I ask this? Okay. What do you think has been the biggest event, uh, at least in the last hundred years? The biggest event in the last hundred years. That, that's a big one. A <laughs> hundred years goes, uh, nine, uh, nine 11 has well, to I mean, be. Come on. Sorry, let me interrupt you there. Let me help you a little bit because there are some <laughs> obvious ones that are big ones, right? So oh, like, yeah, yeah. Apollo Pearl missions. Harbor. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, Pearl Harbor, Apollo, uh, 9-11, COVID, obviously, uh, JFK. Um, if you want, we could throw in the Titanic. That was a pretty big event, I suppose. And uh, mm, World War II, I suppose. I, I think we can leave that one out because that's a, a world war. Yeah, uh, yeah. And We're talking I'm trying events. to think. Oh, yeah, like what I can't think of any other sort of big events really, uh, other than wars. Correct. I, I think 9 11 has to be up there. Uh, mm. the, the Pearl Harbor obviously uh, set off, you know, the Americans into World War II, uh, and it was a significant event. But I think 9 11. Well, there's there's all sorts of stories. Uh, I know that the the conspiracies on on Pearl Harbor and the foreknowledge and all, and all the rest. I'm certainly aware of that. Uh, there's there's certainly been plans even going back to the 1920s for Pearl Harbor. So certainly there was foreknowledge of a possibility of Japan doing what they did, uh, and that that's a that's a whole nother discussion. But I, I think 9-11, though, would have to be that big event because it, you it's don't think set, COVID? Uh, yeah, COVID's huge too. But COVID's not one event. It's been dragged on over several years. Uh, you know, it, COVID mm. officially started in 19, in 2019, but it wasn't sort of like one event. It, it it just, I was two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, and then I was yes. a bit longer and it was a bit of this and a bit of that. I would drag it on now with mask mandates, the vaccine man. So it wasn't one event. It wasn't just like one instant that just shocked everyone. Um, and 9-11 was that kind of event uh, that I see was transformative and certainly set the whole war on terror, which is a complete fraud. Um, mm -hmm. And it took away our freedoms. I, I remember, you know, before 9-11, I, I traveled to the United States a couple of times and and the the year was actually in the year of 9-11, but before September, early in that year, I traveled to the United States in an airplane and I um, went into up into the cockpit and talked to the pilot and the co-pilot and, and all the rest. and. You, you never dream. I did of, that too. Yeah, you never dream too. of asking to go into the cockpit and chatting to the pilot. You, you'd be probably, you know, manhandled to the floor if you asked to do that today. Mm. Uh, so it was so it was much more of an innocent life 
before 9-11. And since then, there's just re- a reign of terror. Funny you say that. Yeah, I remember when I, uh, <laughs> when I left Sydney and I was at the uh, international, I was at the terminal to fly back to South Africa and there were these, these signs up, these posters all over the airport saying, I kid you not, I've never forgotten the sentence. Don't joke. You are not funny. That's what it said. I've never forgotten that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we don't have humor nowadays, and, and, and it's getting worse with all the, the mm. cancel culture and the, the wokeism, and uh, COVID has brought it to a new level. Uh, certainly COVID has been very transformative in my thinking. Uh, it's upturned my whole life, yes. and, and many yeah. of our lives have been upturned. But in some ways, it's it's been good. Uh, it's developed new friendships, lost others, um, made I've made many discoveries, uh, and I think, in some ways, to some extent, I was somewhat naive of human nature before then, and it's mm-hmm. made me more more aware of human nature, uh, and in a good way. It, it it's. Uh, made many people aware and the more this oligarchy extends its hand the more these globalists push the more people wake up and you would never have got that wake up were it not that they pushed for these extreme measures but it's still risky times Mm. i i was saying to you earlier today that uh i i actually appreciate when the oligarchs when the internationalists, the globalists, whatever you want to call them. I appreciate when they openly state what they would like to see or what they want. I don't get angry. If, if, if Klaus Schwab says that we must eat the bugs, I get happy about that because <laughs> I'd rather know what they want than if they were to say nothing at all and to try and sneak it in. Because at least now I've got years to not eat bugs and to buffer against ever eating bugs, if that makes sense. Uh, I think you're right, Jeremy, because uh, we we see this time and time again where these globalists, and, and, and this is not just a new phenomenon, you go back to Thomas Malthus, you know, two centuries mm. ago, talking about the need to depopulate the planet. Now, at that time, he was saying that we have too many people and there's only one billion people there, not seven billion people. Uh, and he was talking openly, you read his books, about uh, how we should encourage the the poor people to live uh, unclean lives and uh, drink poor water supplies and live near swampy lands and court the return of the plague so that we can wipe out the masses. Uh, And he was very open about it. Uh, And many of these radical environmentalists have been open about their views of depopulation. And that's exactly what the green movement is. It's not about caring about nature. It's about population control. Uh, And that's what they hate is humanity. And they're very open about it. So you're right. Uh, The more that they express their views, uh, the better. People understand what it's really about. And all the more reason to uh, go hunting, for example, and uh, uh, shoot your own food and then eat meat because they don't want you to a <laughs> go hunting and b eat meat <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well i i, I certainly uh, i'm a big fan of meat uh, I, I think the the essential proteins and all sorts of 
you know, food qualities in meat that you just mm. cannot get from a vegetarian diet. I think some, some uh, you know, some vegetarians get nearly everything that they need, but they they just look somewhat pale and uh, just. I yes. don't think there's just something wrong with it. Uh, I, I can't quite put, because I'm not a, a dietitian, but I just can't quite put it myself. Uh, I, I really don't understand where they're coming from. But I, I, I think uh, for sure, meat eating, great, great, uh, you know, to, to hoe into a steak. I, I just had a steak tonight and uh, I continue to eat meat and, and fish I enjoy. Um, and... Look, veggies great too. Uh, we we need to look after ourselves at <laughs> this time. We we need to look after ourselves with good food, uh, plenty of nutrients, or a wide source of food. Vitamin D too. I'm a big advocate of vitamin yep. D. Uh, and sunshine uh, is good good for vitamin D. But I also take the vitamin D supplements. I must please, admit. <laughs> please tell Alex. Please tell Alex to get some sunshine. Look at that. He needs. Look at that! Look at that whiteness. He needs to go into the sun a little bit there. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Beck, Jeremy Beck. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right now, the forgotten poor are waiting for healing and care, for life-saving medical care, for a chance to live with dignity and hope. They are waiting for Mercy Ships and you. Mercy Ships is the largest floating civilian hospital in the world with volunteer medical staff and crew who donate their time to save lives. And now, as our newest state-of-the-art hospital ship sets sail, Mercy Ships will double our ability to reach children and adults who need us now. Without the work of Mercy Ships, these patients don't have another option. Mercy Ships is answering the call to serve suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. To learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Um, I was just joking a moment ago about Alex looking quite pale, and you were saying there, Jeremy, that, uh, that uh, because he works night shift, he doesn't get enough sun. But actually, I mean, jokes aside, vitamin D really is important. Very important. I didn't realize it until I found out my vitamin D levels were extremely low. Uh, this was about 10 or 15 years ago. And I was just feeling so sickly and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I had a blood test and 
they said, well, your, your vitamin D levels are very low. So uh, I decided to get a bit more sun and they were still low even after several months. And then I decided to take a, a capsule one per day. That's a thousand units. And even then it didn't really bring it up enough as it should. So I recommend taking more than what that thousand units that it says on the bottle, the thousand units, uh, you could take two or three, four of them wouldn't harm you. I know people would take several a day and and it keeps mm. their levels to the optimum level. Uh, I, I think you need to consult your health practitioner. Don't take my advice, but uh, that's just from my experience. Uh I'm just going to throw it out there, but you could also just walk outside. <laughs> yes, uh, that's it's a good idea. I believe <laughs> I believe uh, sunshine is is the best form, and the supplements aren't really <clears throat> as good as the actual thing. Um, but uh, having said that, you don't want to get melanoma, and you don't want to you don't want to get burnt. I have got burnt uh, in the past as a child. Uh, when no one worried about the uh, the sunscreens, we just went out in the midday sun and we just, as kids, we didn't really know any different and mm. came back peeling and, oh, it was terrible. Uh, and and uh, I think uh, sun, when the, the sun is about uh, 45 degrees or lower in the sky, in other words, your shadow is longer than you are, you're, you're playing it relatively safe. That's my general rule of thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was younger, uh, I learned in school that the oz the hole in the ozone layer was above Australia, and Australians had this had this major problem of getting skin cancer because the hole was right there. I think that whole story is nonsense. Like, well, I don't I'm think glad you brought that up. Layer. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeremy, because uh, it is it is absolute <laughs> nonsense. I read a book. <laughs> I read a book uh, back in the late 1990s, and that that was when I. Actually, I made the discovery before then that the whole global warming thing was was just complete nonsense. Uh, mm. And at the same time, I realised that the entire green movement was a complete fraud, including the hole in the ozone hole. Uh, the the book that I read was uh, the scares in the ozone hole, uh, and that that really went through the. The long term, well, it went through numerous things, but the long term history is that there's always been a cycle with the uh, the the ozone hole, uh, and it's not a hole. That's just a metaphor, uh, and it's natural and it, it actually uh, goes in accordance with the sunspot cycle. Uh, so there's an 11 year sunspot cycle, and there's a 22 year magnetic sunspot cycle. Uh, so. You, you get this uh, shift along with the sunspot cycle. So it was always natural. They made a big deal of it. It was all to to get rid of these refrigerants uh, and change them over from the uh, CFCs to the HCFCs, chlorofluorocarbons. Uh, and it was all a hoax because these CFCs, they're about four times heavier than air and that the last thing that was going to happen is they're going to get up way into the stratosphere was, was next to impossible uh, or any any you know reasonable quantity would, would never have made its way up there to do any damage. So it was all a hoax. So many hoaxes, people went along with it. Uh, I think DuPont uh, made a lot of money out of it because they wanted to change over mm. the refrigerants and changing over. They created a whole new industry of changing over to the new refrigerants, which weren't as good. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it's denied refrigeration to a lot of poor countries and poor mm. people made it more costly, which I think is the real intent of the whole Poland goes yeah. and scare anyway, is, is yeah. to deny yeah. refrigeration and control population. I, I've had issues, though, with this whole fear of the sun thing. I also, I want to throw it out there. And I, I might want to look into this on my show next year. I want to see if I can find some, some people who are good on, on A, skin cancer, and B, perhaps the sun. But I think that the establishment has pushed this unbridled fear of the sun on us unnecessarily. I don't yeah. know if the sun is that bad for us. Uh, obviously, I'm not talking about saying, you know, spending six hours in the blistering heat. But I mean, my wife and I recently, uh, during October, we, we went into the desert, the Kalari Desert, which is next to Namibia and just above South Africa for two weeks. Mm. I didn't once put on sunblock, not once. Mm. And I didn't, wear, I didn't wear sunglasses unless it was obviously completely important to do that um, because your natural status is not to stand with you know hundreds of kilometers of white sand glaring back at you so that's you know that was when i would put on sunglasses but i didn't put on sunscreen sunblock whatever nothing not once mm. and i didn't even really get burnt i avoid sunscreen these days my attitude is if the sun is high in the sky you stay under a tree or in the shade or yep. spend just a few minutes out there just limit the time uh, and enjoy the sun when it's lower in the sky and without sunscreen, because I, I don't like wearing sunscreen. I, I really don't think it's particularly healthy. Uh, it's and, a chemical. It's yeah, rubbing and, into your skin. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know how harmful it is, but maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm not too sure. I've heard there are various theories. But uh, regardless, uh, it's healthy to get uh, a bit of a dose of sun. Uh, so why yeah. would you want to block it out in in uh, the later part of the day or the earlier part of the day when the sun is low in the sky, uh, it's a good healthy dose of sun. Um, unless you're Alex, of course, because Alex is so pale that he has to put sunscreen on when he comes into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't see the point. I used to wear sunscreen, you know, young when I was younger. Of course, the COVID era, like you, <laughs> it changed the way I see the world quite a lot. And I remember speaking to uh, Stephanie Sinner from, from MIT, and it, it, she imparted some nuggets of wisdom. And one of those nuggets was sunscreen doesn't seem to have any net benefits on your body because you're, you're rubbing a chemical into your skin. It's being absorbed. And, uh, and number two, um, sunglasses seem to be overused also because why are you, why are you blocking the sun out? You, you should be, uh, your, your eyes should be accustomed to the sunlight. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, I can see the sense in that. Uh, I just think that we've been told so many lies from a scientific standpoint. Sometimes mm. it's a bit hard to know what the truth is because things that we've assumed to be true and then uh, given the last few years with COVID, <laughs> that's been a big mm. wake-up call. But, but as I said, I, I was awake to many lies before then of 9-11 and so forth. But... There's more and more things that I've really just been not too sure about, and I don't want to judge it just right now. Uh, for example, did man land on the moon? 
Uh, there was a stage <laughs> back in the 1990s where I went down a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> and started to doubt it. And then there was a period when I rejected that because I saw through some flawed arguments and then I came to the position that, well, no man did land on the moon. And now, after the last few years of COVID, now I think, well, I don't know, to no, be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. The Apollo missions certainly didn't happen. Uh, I mean, I don't even think it's controversial to even question this anymore because there, there are so many anomalies that just do not make sense. I mean, you don't even have to go, and we don't need to get into conversation about that, but just right off the bat, you don't even have to go to the moon itself. You could start off with the fact that it was a, a cold war and um, there was this this obvious attempt to show raw, 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 America great, America great, we're better than the Soviets, and we're going to show our might by putting a man on the moon before the turn of the decade. Now, obviously, they, they went straight for the political position. I mean, there was no science involved with that. It was just like, this is what we're going to do. And if they didn't do it, they would have looked like fools. Uh, yeah. So already, my suspicions are all over the place at this point. But then, you know that there were engineers who were working on the on the project internally that said this is not going to happen we cannot do it even in even in 15 years um, and that's why so many people died and some people got taken out internally when they were trying to present the opposition and then even on the day itself you know you can question the saturn V rockets and they were clearly underpowered um, despite the fact that nasa said that they uh, were perfectly powered but i mean a lot of a lot of research has gone into the fact that they were completely underpowered. You don't, I mean, we haven't even gone to the Van, the Van Allen belt yet. We were just talking about everything leading up to launch day. <laughs> uh, look, there, there's a whole can of worms and in, in, in the whole exercise. So uh, we could talk about the moon landing for yeah. hours and hours. I, and as I said, I haven't made up my mind completely on it because I've seen so many conflicting stories and, uh, you know, debunking and, and all sorts of it's it's just such a huge can of worms uh and and as i say uh, i can see problems and i can see where you're coming from but then there are other people mm -hmm. say no but we can explain this away because of this and uh look to, to my mind well, it's, it's, it's unfalsifiable that's the problem it's yeah. unfalsifiable because nobody's able to see beyond the atmosphere with their own eyes so you have to go according to what nasa says that's it yeah, yeah. But but the point I, I think is more important is that, well, regardless of whether it's true or not, uh, we know that we're told a pack of lies that have an immediate yeah. impact on us right now. Uh, and and the same, I take the same attitude with uh, the Kennedy assassination, regardless of which theory you subscribe to. I just know that it, I'm very suspicious of what happened. Uh, and I do know that people were taken out. I read uh, a good book many years ago, Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins. Yeah, good book. Yeah, good book. And, and he went through the, the whole agenda of, of the way this empire works, where they work on, on these nations with economic programs to suck them into debt traps. And if that doesn't happen, they bring out the jackals, which are basically uh, hitmen to gun someone out and kill, knock someone off, um, disappear someone. And if that doesn't work, well, they finally go to war. And and that's what we're seeing right now play out with uh, mm. Ukraine. Uh, they couldn't 
uh, take Russia down, uh, you know, through those methods of the economic hitman or through the, the jackals, uh, and they've gone to proxy war through Ukraine. Uh, we're getting in a dangerous phase. And I see the same thing with China. With all China's faults, and you can point to faults of the the, the Communist Party and the, the COVID lockdowns, it was just crazy what, what they did with the COVID lockdowns in China. Uh, and and the, the somewhat lack of freedoms, although I must say we don't have much freedom in the West either, uh, with all China's faults, well, they, they do have a huge economic growth which has benefited people they've lifted a billion people out of poverty uh and i, I see that the the west is is doing everything that they can to to brainwash us in western countries to be anti-russia to be anti-china and that's the last thing the world needs is building up to world war three i like that you mentioned ukraine there um i I've got fond memories of the good old days when there was a war in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, it's not a war, is it? It's 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 pretty much over. Although there there was a, a small everybody's package. forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, there was two. By the way, there was just this week there was two hundred and fifty million dollars of extra uh, military aid to Ukraine announced by the Pentagon. But $250 million, it sounds like a lot of money, but it's small change compared to the tens of billions mm. of dollars that were were um, shelled out uh, regularly. I think it must be around $100 billion. I don't know the exact total because it depends on how you add it up, but it's just some horrendous amount of money all for nothing. It's, it's just, it's a mad world we live in. So I think 2024 uh, will be... Uh, even bigger. I, I just hope we get some some victories of some sort. I don't know what they'll be, uh, but I, I think that there's got to be there's got to be some optimism because we've had too many people uh, are just really suffering depression. It's just quite saddening. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is one thing that I'm going to focus on in 2024, um, Jeremy. Uh, it's this idea of uh, being blackpilled. Way too many people on our side uh, are blackpilled. And by that, I mean they're too nihilistic, they're too pessimistic, they see no point. Uh, they, the oligarchs, are too powerful, they're always one step ahead. I don't buy that. I don't buy that because that is, that is victim mentality. Mm. Um, we're not victims. And if you, if you play into that card, if, or sorry, if you play that card, then you're playing into the mentality that they want you to have, that you will always be on the back foot, that you'll always be a loser, and that you'll always be a defeatist. You can't win if you're a perpetual loser. And so therefore, I think human nature allows us to be winners, no matter where we are on the, on the, on the, um, on the hierarchy. I, I agree uh, 100% because... Uh, humanity has gone through some hideous times. And, and as I said before, I, I take an interest mm. in family history and I go back to to World War One, and I, I lost uh, a couple of great uncles. Uh, my my dad's dad's brother went to World War One and died along the way um, uh, in, in the war zone, not of bullets, but uh, disease was rampant in the area. And uh, 
and then another great uncle on my mum's side died in in uh, in in the the action in in France and Flanders, uh, and you know these are young men who I potentially could have got to see in my childhood because of that age because I was born in 1972. So in the 1980s, if they lived to ripe old ages, I could have seen my great uncles, and it's just sad that I didn't get to see them. They they died in World War One, and I think well the war the war then was hideous. The World War Two was hideous. We've gone through some very very dark times in history, but we're pulled through, uh, and we pulled through after World War Two. We had a, a huge transformation of the economy that benefited the masses. Uh, now, unfortunately, we've undone a lot of that, and now the masses getting further and further into debt the cost of housing has gone through the roof and and people are starting to lose out but there's there's got to be there's got to be a turning point now i think it comes also back to culture uh because how did we pull through these dark times we've got to have something culturally optimistic something inspiring uh and everyone has their own outlets i have a, an outlet where i play the viola uh i i play <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a big violin <laughs> uh it, it's it's uh yeah the viola uh it's it's great to play uh i i play classical music and i've been working on some bark pieces they're actually some cello suites which were transcribed for the viola and i really enjoy playing that and there's so much beauty in bark's music Bach was really religiously inspired. And actually, a lot of the great classical composers were religiously inspired. And, and I think mm. this is a, in some ways, it's a spiritual war as well. Uh, and we need to have something deep inside us that moves us to inspire us. Now, yeah, my background... I agree. Yeah, my background in in education, I... I've got a degree in mechanical engineering and someone might say, well, why, why would you be talking about spiritual things? Because uh, it was drummed into us from a young age that uh, you're either a, an arty person or you're a, a sciencey person. Uh, but really the two shouldn't, shouldn't uh, really be separated uh, because uh, some yeah, of the, uh, I agree. the greatest scientists were great artists too. Look at Leonardo da Vinci great yeah. artists he came up with all sorts of fascinating designs for a, even a modern form of a helicopter uh yep so i think that's inspiring to see what what we can create and what's possible for the future in terms yeah. of technological breakthroughs to improve civilization all right don't go anywhere jeremy i'll be back with you shortly my name is germ this is tnt radio with his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Stop letting leftists set the agenda. Stop letting them turn nothing burgers into the most pressing issues of the day. Stop letting them use words like inclusion, equity, fairness, and diversity as cudgels to beat you into submission. Stop bowing, stop scraping, stop bending the knee, and stop giving them what they desire an abject apology, 
assuring them that they'll get their way and everything will be fine. Because it won't be fine. That won't be the last complaint. Every time you submit to them, you encourage them. You give them more fuel for their next attack. And it will go on for decades. The Onondaga Nation complained to Syracuse University about the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978. And here we are, 45 years later, the Onondaga Nation is complaining to Liverpool High School about using Warriors as their athletic mascot. For 45 years it was fine, but now all of a sudden in 2023 it's not. Stop giving in to this culture of destruction. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. Germ Warfare is Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, just before the break, Jeremy, we were talking about music. I am such a fan of music. I love music. I find it is such a great way to break away from all the negativity you know the problem again with so many people on quote unquote our side is that they they become far too dogmatic in their opposition to absolutely everything that is fun you know oh that's a that's a deflection oh that's that's a deception oh that's evil whatever just enjoy some music it's a great form of entertainment and entertainment like movies even yes they might have programming and all that sort of stuff in them but if, if you're aware and you can discern then you can still enjoy music and movies and you can actually live a life that's <laughs> that's somewhat you know joyous yeah yeah i i agree and uh, there there is a lot of negativity on some of the social media uh now social media is very useful uh you yeah. can get a lot of news that the mainstream media black out and people can post all sorts of things which you wouldn't otherwise mm. find. But at the same time, there's a sort of a dark element to it and people get absorbed into it. And they 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 tend to continue to follow the darker sides. And I think it's almost like a drug to them that they get obsessed by, you know, death. And, and I see this in this current conflict in, in Israel and people were talking about, oh, there's the, the rapists and there's the beheaders and there's, there's this and that. And, and, and they're, they're talking some really dark stuff and they, they seem to get off on it. Uh, I, I just think it's quite dangerous. Uh, and yeah, we, I think it's very dangerous. Yeah, we, we need a, uh, an, an outlet for beauty. And, and by the way, uh, quite a lot of those stories are not even true anyway. They were just Israeli propaganda. Um, mm. But nonetheless, I, I'm not doubting that there's some evil stuff done in that war. Of course there is. Uh, and Hamas has done some hideous things uh, to those hostages, just likewise as Israel's done some hideous things to the poor citizens of Gaza. So uh, I think there's evil done on all sides. But we shouldn't be getting off on it on, online and obsessing on it nonstop because that's not going to change. Yep. That's not going to stop the killing. Yeah. So, so a, a book that I can recommend, a lot of people 
should read is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's been around for a very long time, and it is such, such a powerful book on, yeah, it's self-help and whatever, but the principles are so good, and they are so timeless. You know, basically, it's good to know what's going on in the world, but you can't get caught up in it because you can't influence it. You can't change what's going on in Gaza. You can't. You can report on it, you can talk about it, and that's it. What you can change is your immediate environment. And uh, Stephen Covey refers to it as the circle of influence. That's what you should be focusing most of your energy on, uh, not on the stuff that you can't change. Mm. I, I think so. And and in your own circle of influence, contact your member of parliament. Uh, now, yes. I did. I contacted my member of parliament. And I think that's useful because if you're up front and say who you are, don't be afraid and don't, don't uh, say, I don't, I don't want to say my name or anything like that because then, then they don't take you seriously. I, I mm. say I, I'm Jeremy Beck and I, and I live it and I give my address because they've got my address anyway, it's on the electoral roll. Uh, and I say who I am and I say my concerns and, and I'm very upfront with them, but I, I don't, I don't want to, browbeat them. I don't, I don't want to uh, criticise them too much because then, then uh, it's not really effective in shifting their opinion. Uh, even though I totally disagree with my Member of Parliament and, and, and oh, I disagree with just about all politicians in Australia. <laughs> they, they've, made, they've made a right mess of the place. Uh, they've sold us out. Uh, but nonetheless, slamming them is only going to make them hang up on you and, and not take notice of you. If you're going to shape yeah. your environment, if you're going to shift their thinking, you've rather than got to tell them something, you've got to pose questions. I find quite useful to pose questions to people. Uh, and that yes. is more likely to get them to think about something. You can say, yes. well, do, do you think it's right that 70,000 women and children in Gaza are now die, have died due to the, the Israeli bombs, you know, and just leave it at that and see what they say. Yes, I agree. Well, I mean, you, you're essentially touching on the Socratic method of, of, um, of, of engagement, but that's, that's something that's completely lacking from people around us, even again on our side. You know, I hate that term, the truth movement or the truth movement. I'm not part of any movement. I didn't subscribe to that. I don't know where this terminology comes from. Um, I guess it's just another way of saying people who are going against the conventional uh, narratives, I suppose. But, I mean, it's so important to, to, to find common ground, not to create more enemies. It's always a good thing to have enemies. I mean, that's a, the art of war strategy. Uh, but the enemies must be relevant. You don't want to mm. just have enemies all over the place because then you are going to lose. Um, but the other thing also, just going back to that sort of circle of influence idea and this is something that i keep applying to myself it's a uh, it's something that bruce lee said take that which is valuable discard that which is not and create what is uniquely your own and what that means for me is basically anybody can offer something that has value even bill gates even Klaus schwab as much as i dislike them they can still say something that has value uh, Klaus Schwab, for example, saying that he wants me to eat bugs, I find valuable. 
because I know then what he wants to achieve. Um, and I know how to then start building against it. Um, and then I discard for me what's not valuable. And then I eventually create my own my own narrative, if that makes sense. That for me yeah. is so much more powerful than just creating enemies all over the place and just you know fighting with everybody and, and being nihilistic and defeatist. I think so. I remember at university, one of my lecturers said, all ideas are good ideas. <laughs> and, and it's the same point. Uh, all ideas are good ideas. Now, if they're a so-called bad idea, well, uh, well, they were a good idea uh, and you rejected it because you find some flaws in it, but it was good to yep. raise it anyway. And, and then you can pull it apart uh, is what you're saying. Uh, I think we... We just need to be uh, more more careful in rejecting anyone. It's good to have dialogue with all sorts of people. I've come to learn to have dialogue with, with people who I disagree with in many ways, but it's useful to hear their side of their point of view, mm. and you don't have to agree with them. Uh, but you can be exactly. civil about it. You can have a civil conversation. Uh, one of the problems in a lot of conversation online is people tend to throw ad hominem attacks and they they just get really nasty and it's not winning the argument uh, and mm. i just think what what a life do you lead if if you're just going to throw insults at someone <laughs> uh right rather than calling someone a such and such ask them the question it gets back to my point before uh, questions are very useful uh to yeah. To put to people well how do you explain this or what about that and then uh we can explore that idea further uh where we're getting to a, a point where there, there's some there's so there's so many different ideas you can put across to people and and sometimes people will will really just stop and you've got them stumped because <laughs> you, you throw them such a hard question that, that oh, haven't thought of that one before. Yeah, uh, but that doesn't happen often though on online. I mean, online it's just about power games. They're not. It's oh, not yeah. about. It's not about what's true or what's false. It's just about power. That's all it is. Ego, ego. That's that's what it comes down to, really. Uh, mm. I think ego is one of the biggest problems in the so-called truth movement or freedom movement or whatever you want to call it uh there's so many egos there uh and they all want to have their fame and they, they all are worried about what people think of them and I, I to be honest i really don't care what people think of me i just be who i am and say what i think and you can agree or disagree hopefully i influence mm. some people it's not it's not an ego thing i just think that it's just a just the way I live my life. I, I think I'd like to get people thinking about certain ideas and, and you can yeah. take it or leave it. But we've also reached a, a weird point in history where people can't disagree anymore. If we disagree, then we're now enemies. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a real problem. I, I tend to avoid those sorts of conversations. If, if someone starts attacking me, I won't hurl abuse back at them, I'll just disengage because I don't want to escalate the argument that's going to achieve nothing. Yeah. There's no point. Uh, I think, well, they're not, they're not worth engaging with. 
you're just best to just let them stew in their own juices. So I, I, I really don't see any value uh, other than just asking a question, as I say, to get them thinking rather than calling them something. Uh, yeah, it, think, attacks are getting nasty. Yeah, but I think there are times, though, where you don't have to ask a question. There are times where you can have a hard, a hard position. And I mean, you know, if it's to do with your values, or your principles or something you don't have to you know you don't have to like well do you think rape is a good idea or a bad idea i mean it's, it's yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> there's some some things you, you don't have to ask questions about everything <laughs> that that came up with the those um university heads who who they got totally stumped where <laughs> they were talking about um uh Calling, calling for the uh, genocide of the Jewish people, and and rather than just saying, well, no, that's just wrong, uh, you know, they were having a bit of a bet each way. You know, it depends on the context and all the rest, and it it, it was just really bad optics. It's just say, look, um, calls for genocide is bad. Just that's what it is. Yeah. I think I think there are circumstances where we can be okay with genocide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just think they they were getting too too caught up in uh, that debate of liberalism, uh, they didn't see how bad mm. it looked. Um, yeah, you know. exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> the, you, I think you, you, hit, you, hit it on, on the, you hit the nail on the head, that sort of liberalism, that ultimate liberalism where you just keep liberalizing your ideas to the point where you don't, you don't stand for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, mm. stand for something or you'll fall for everything is what they say. Uh, yep. And I think there's some truth to that. You, you do have to have some guiding principles. I, I think uh, that's that's the way I like to live my life is some fundamental beliefs and principles. Although I have changed my thinking over the years to some degree, uh, it, it's shifted in the last few years. But as I said, I've been very aware of some of the bigger agendas for the last mm. two decades. But uh, going back further to my childhood, you know, I had all sorts of big shifts in thinking and one stage as a teenager being an atheist and then an agnostic and a believer. And yeah, a, a lot of these questions come up and I think it's a, a test of your faith to have those yeah. questions. I think that that's good. But also to be honest about it. Yeah, but also to, to be honest. I think that's a, with yourself, you know, to be honest with yourself is, is really important. Yeah. Um, listen, I see time is running against us and I see there's a fly in, in, the, in the camera shot. I apologize for that. Um, listen, let's quickly talk about, uh, well, you don't really have a show. I just realized I can't ask you how I can follow you. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I said, okay. I, 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 don't, I don't really have this ego that I want everyone to look at me. Uh, so I... <laughs> I don't. I don't send out tweets. I think there are enough people sending out tweets, uh, and I've got so many things to do. I've, I don't have time to tweet. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, no, no. But I am reg regularly because you're on. too busy. You're, you're too busy organising uh, shows like mine and, and others, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do uh, feature from time to time. Uh, you on know, TNT. just as a guest on other shows. Uh, I was on the Dean Mackin show actually earlier today. Uh, so people can mm. see me from time to time on TNT Radio. Uh, so there's always a good reason to tune into TNT Radio 24 hours a day. So uh, I, I'm just glad to be of help when I can to uh, to discuss some valuable ideas because uh, I think this is a battle of the ideas, as you often say. 
Good enough. Jeremy Beck, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thank you. And thank you, Alex and Joel, for uh, keeping this somewhat unusual show of mine going in my strange location with a fly flying around my head here, which I must now go and sort out. Anyway, I'll catch you, t- catch you tomorrow. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, The Battle of Ideas. Mm-hmm.